Wamaji, how can we look at and understand renunciation in the spiritual life in a positive way? You know, I've created a Naya Swami order. Naya means new in Sanskrit. So a new Swami order. Because the emphasis on renunciation in the past was more on what you gave up. And uh, it tended to create pride. I'm, I'm better than you. I'm holier than thou. Because I've given this up, I've given that up. It's much more important to be embracing. I know I met a a saint in India. He was 132 years old, so surely he had some spiritual power. But I didn't like his advice. He said, "He said you mustn't enjoy anything." I said, "Not even a beautiful sunset? No, nothing." Well, uh, to me, that's a very dry path. It may be a valid path, but it isn't what my guru taught. He just said you should learn to enjoy everything with the joy of God, so that in that case you can even enjoy unpleasant experiences. You can enjoy your tests. You can enjoy everything. Because uh, as St. Teresa of Avila said when uh, she, Christ said, you, I, this is how I treat all my friends, she said, that's why you have so few. That was a sense of humor. <laughs> she could enjoy it. We, we need to have that, that ability to feel pleasure in everything. So I think that Joy is necessary. Swamiji, just going back slightly, um, you, you used the name Naya Swami. What is a Swami? A Swami literally is one who is one with himself, who has attained the Swa, the Self. That is not usually, in fact, you don't even need to have a title if you're not affirming something. And you don't need to affirm what you've already accomplished. So really it means, usually it means somebody who's struggling to reach that state. So a Naya Swami is somebody who is trying to achieve that state of the uh, oneness with God. But, and we have the color blue as opposed to uh, orange that is traditional, because in India, the Swamis usually, they always, as a rule, were orange. But... Uh, Orange is the color that highwaymen, uh, workers on the highway use so that you will avoid them. You'll see them. It's saying, look at me. I am this. It, it feeds the ego. And I've met an awful lot of uh, egotistical swamis, I have to admit, in India. So my idea of, of the new renunciate order is not the outer rules that are so important, but the inner renunciation and the embracing God's love and doing it because you love God and not because you reject the world. Renunciates who reject the world become prune-faced. <laughs> <laughs> we want to have renunciates who are beaming with joy. And in fact, that is the true Swami. A Swami is a happy person. He's not attached to his body any longer. He, hasn't th he doesn't think in terms of all that he's given up and all the woe of it and the difficulty of it, he's saying that I love God and nothing else matters to me. So this is the Naya Swami. And we have stages up to that, beginning with Pilgrim, one who says, this is the path I want to follow. But it's a gradual path. It's not something you can say, from now on I'm this. You are trying to change your whole personality over from ego-centered 
to God-centered. You can't accomplish that overnight. You have to admit that you can't accomplish it overnight. There's no point in pretending. But Anaya Swami is one who is absolutely dedicated and one who takes up the pilgrim vow is one who says, this is what I choose to do. This is the direction I'm going to go. He may have many things to work out, but this is what he wants to do. And mind you, failure doesn't mean failure. It, a slip is not a fall. If you just say, I haven't yet succeeded and keep trying, you're fine. But um, then we have Brahmacharya, somebody who gives himself conditionally to this, absolutely. And then we have the Naya Swamis. And people who are married can be Naya Swamis too. If they have given up the thought of I and mine, if they've given up sex attachment, sex indulgence, if they've uh, given up the thought that they own anything, that everything is God's, then they can be as much sannyasis as a sannyasi. A true Swami is one who is inwardly completely non-attached. So this Naya Swami order embraces traditional values like celibacy. It does indeed. You, you, until you can overcome the desire for uh, sex, you can't be free. You're still stuck with the body. I have a private test of this that I don't know if it's valid or not, but I know if people try to tickle me, it doesn't. I don't react at all. You can try tickling my feet. Try it. Yeah, I just don't, doesn't, I feel it, but it doesn't make me, you can tickle me here. It's, I think that's a sign that you're no longer thinking those terms. I could be wrong, but uh, these are, are, when you find yourself just not attracted in any way, then you have reached it. But you've got to reach that point gradually. It was many years before I reached the point where I said, I really don't have that desire. And so always say, I haven't yet succeeded until you do succeed. What about personal possessions? Do your Naya Swamis still own things like a car? You can own it, but you must not be attached to it. So if your whole house were to go up in smoke, you'd say, that's okay. Like at, in our community, we had a forest fire many years ago in 1976, and it was a very hard test for our, the people who were under me and leading the community, because the wife, just 10 days before, had just given birth to their son. Suddenly they saw everything in their house going up in flames. And her husband said, well, at least that uh, we no longer will have the trouble we were having with leaks in the roof. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of cheerful attitude is what is meant. You don't... You've, Oh, it's all right, I don't mind. You really don't care. That's when you're a true Naya Swami. Mm -hmm. So the uh, attachment or non-attachment is the key to it. Yes, and it doesn't hurt to practice it by giving away things that are dear to you. My guru, when he was a young man, his father gave him a motorcycle. It was a very, he was very happy with it and very proud of it proud in a good sense. But he came out of his home one day and he saw a neighborhood neighbor saying, oh, looking at the thing with longing. And he said, oh, what a beautiful motorcycle. This was back in the days when 
people didn't have cars, you know, very few. And back in the early 1900s, and uh, my guru said, you like it? He said, oh, I would love to have one like that. He said, take it, it's yours. He said, what do you mean? I want, how much are you charging? You know, it's nothing, I'm giving it to you. And uh, then he said, just a moment, I go in and get the pink slip of ownership and sign it over to you, and he gave it to him. And he just said, it's your, your, your motorcycle, Divine Mother. It's not mine. One time, his m most advanced disciple, St. Lin, who was a m very wealthy man, gave, wanted to buy him an overcoat. And he took him into a store, and Yogananda was fingering a, a nice coat, but then he looked at the price and he backed off. Well, that was the coat that St. Lin gave him. And he always felt uncomfortable with his things. He said, it's too good for me. I'm a renunciate. I don't need this kind of thing. And so finally he said, Divine Mother, take it away from me. And uh, he, he uh, heard a voice saying, today I will take your coat. So he emptied the pockets. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he hung it there. And uh, when he came out, the coat was gone. But the hat was still there. He said, Divine Mother, you forgot the hat. <laughs> but there was a cartoon I saw in, in Punch in uh, English humor magazine, in which case, you know, the English are so polite. This man leans across to the table and says in a whisper, Don't look now, but I think somebody's taking your coat. <laughs> but in fact, you have to reach the point where you really are happy if people want what you have. And it's a good practice to give away something that is precious to you, to enforce that, that tendency in yourself. Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. More blessed because there more, there's more bliss in it. You will be happy if you're sharing with other people. And so this Naya Swami order that you've created, how many people now are part of it? Well, I think it's several hundred, about 800 maybe, I'm not sure. But we have people on all levels of it. And uh, it's really many renunciates have given their lives, many householders have given their lives more completely to God because of this. It's not an excuse. It's a way of dedicating your life more perfectly to Him. And uh, I feel that it's a very wonderful thing to do. You know, in the Swami order, you're supposed to not, to not develop attachment, therefore not stay in one place more than uh, three days. You're supposed to always never stay in one place more than three days. You're supposed to walk on the highway. Well, today, if you walked on the highway, you'd be likely to be knocked over by a car or asphyxiated with fumes. Um, Swamis themselves usually have some house, some possessions. It doesn't mean not having possessions anyway. But in this age where we're in an age of energy, it is possible to think in terms of renunciation as an energy thing, not just an outward rule that you, that you observe. And this is what the Naya Swami is finally. It's the inner spirit of it. Swami, the uh, traditional monastic orders also emphasize obedience. I think obedience to your own truth, obedience to a man of wisdom, these are good. But to obey anybody who is over you but just because he's your superior in an order, I think this is the quickest path to delusion. Mm -hmm. 
I'm being exaggerating, of course. But the thing is that if you have to go against your own will and against your own sense of what is right, it's going to weaken your will. The purpose of obedience is to help strengthen your will to resist those things that are in you that are not good. So obedience should make you stronger. But if you go to a monastery that tells you to plant a plant upside down in the name of obedience, that's wrong. When I met my guru, he asked me to give, his, give him my unconditional obedience. I said, what if ever I think you're wrong? He said, I will never ask anything of you that God himself does not tell me to ask you. I said, in that case, I give you my unconditional obedience. And I found that doing so was right. Sometimes I thought he was wrong, but I, I did it, and I found that he had been right. So to obey a man of wisdom is one thing. To obey a fool is another.